If you want to turn to Exodus chapter 3, I'm going to be moving kind of an overview of the life of Moses. And so, um, in a shortened sermon, that's probably not the best choice to literally do the almost like a life overview of one of the most important, most comprehensive life stories that we have. But I'm going to try to do that relatively quickly. But tonight, I'm going to be talking about frustration because that's the emotion that I lead into my or, or give to my wife probably the most often, and so I need to preach that to myself about dealing with frustration. How many of you in here in just the last few weeks have dealt with frustration of some sort? Okay. If you're not raising your hand, we're going to get secrets from you because life is frustrating. Some of you, your frustration is sitting on the row next to you, or some of you, your frustration is going to be what you go to tomorrow with school or the people you encounter or with work, but frustration is such a huge part of our life, and the inability to handle frustration well can be a breaking point for a lot of people. It can derail people. As I work with um, students and I work with teenagers from First Baptist, from Lanier High School and other places, I've watched students who have get frustrated and have just wanted to quit. And so this message is going to speak to all of us tonight, but when I think of frustration, I like to illustrate things, and I was trying to think what has frustrated me lately, and doors over the last few months, I'm not making up these stories, doors are often a um, picture of frustration, open door or closed doors, but literal doors have been a frustration in my life. Um, just a couple weeks ago, I started having COVID symptoms that I thought were sinus symptoms, and I'm actually having sinus surgery Tuesday, so um, pray for me on that, hopefully just a couple days of no pain, but we'll see. But I, I thought I was having some sinus issues, but it turned out to be COVID, and so I wanted to be sure, so I was going to the, the urgent care place. And I looked up online and saw the time that this urgent care closed, and I drove over to it kind of quickly, trying to get there before they closed. And I walked up to the door, and lights were still on, and I began to pull on the door, and it was locked. And I was looking through, and um, there were people that were back in the back, but nobody was in the front. And so I pulled on the door some more, and finally I called over to the place, and they say, no, our hours have changed, and they're going, and they ended an hour earlier. So I was an hour too late. And so I was pulling on that door in frustration, and that door was closed to me. And so rather than, rather than just um, getting upset by that, I just knew that's part of life. It's, it's their right to close when they, they choose. But um, I went and found another way. I went and got um, some at-home tests. I went and got some at-home tests from the pharmacy, and I said, I'm not going to get down that the doors are closed. I'm going to find something else to do to kind of help find me answers. So with that closed door, at that frustration, I, I got creative. I found a new plan. Tested positive, by the way, and then tested negative a week or so later. Thankfully, I'm, I'm clean today. And door two, though, was a door that frustrated me as well. At my favorite restaurant or favorite new place, sorry if you've got another restaurant, yours is my favorite as well, but um, Five Points Grill. If you have not been to Five Points Grill in Cloverdale, you need to, to, to go there and try it. The best burgers I've ever had. And I went there um, not long ago, and if you've been there, you kind of know you've, you've been to this door before, but the door sticks. But one of the first times that I went there, I didn't know that it stuck. And I was so excited about the burgers that had been talked up to me there, and I could smell them. But I got there, and I tried to pull on the door, and the door wouldn't open. And I pulled on it some more, and my heart sank because I thought that this burger, I thought that I was too late to get into the doors. I was getting frustrated because I wanted that burger. 
And then I decided I'm going to try it one more time. And I yanked it really hard. And those old doors opened up and the waft of bacon cheeseburger with grilled cheese crust, like cheese that has been sprinkled and fried on a pan that hit my nose and my heart was lifted. And I got to go in there through that door. I had to push through, I had to pull through a little bit harder and, and made it through my frustration. But door number three wasn't quite that good of a story. Door number three, I'm not going to say the place because I felt like a dummy, but I went up to the door and I needed to get in and I pulled on the door and I pulled on it much like the first one, much like the doctor's office and it was closed and I was frustrated because I needed to get in and purchase something in that store and so I was, I was frustrated because now I can't get what I needed so I went back to my car and then I saw somebody else walk up to the same door and they had watched me. They were wondering if it was closed too and they pulled on it and sure enough, it didn't open but then they went like this and they pushed the door and they walked in and they went into the door and I felt like a dummy sometimes our frustration comes through our own poor choices and not really thinking things through and that's a perfect illustration that we see in our lives and it's a perfect illustration of things that we see in the life of Moses and so I'm going to quickly I'm going to give a quick overview of ex starting in Exodus chapter 3 of some things Moses experienced and then we're going to talk through what we can learn about frustration because Moses' life was one marked by frustration, by doors that seemed to close, and he could have quit. A lot of people that would have gone through the same things he went through would have backed up and said, I'm done with this. I'm done with God. I'm done with these people. I'm done with my life. So listen, Exodus chapter 3, starting verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And so y'all know that story. Moses um, was amazed by this, and God spoke through that bush. Verse 9, here's what God said to Moses. He said, and now the cry of the Israelites, my people has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, Moses, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So Moses has this incredible task by God, a daunting task, but something that when he accomplishes this will be an amazing act of God that he gets to be a part of. But listen to what happens. He's, his frustration begins, verse 11 of chapter 3, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? I would be a little, I'd be very taken aback to something that big of a job. I would begin to be frustrated with myself, maybe with God, that I'm not, he's saying, I'm not big enough to do this. Pharaoh's not going to listen to me. But then God countered his frustration and said, hey, how about this? I'm going to be with you. And then chapter four, verse one, Moses, I think probably frustrated with himself as well with the situation. Moses answered, well, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? And they say, the Lord didn't appear to you. They're not going to believe me. But God answered that frustration again, and he gave him, had a staff, made a staff that would come to life and do these miracles. And so God, again, countered his frustration with his power. Then chapter 4, verse 10, Moses then said to the Lord, Lord, I've never been eloquent of speech, neither in the past... Um, nor since you have spoken to your servant, I am slow of speech and tongue. So he's frustrated with just his abilities. But God, again, counters that frustration in verse 12 and says, I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. And then Moses, in frustration, said, Lord, please send, one, send someone else besides me to do this. 
Verse 15, though, he says, I will help both of you and your brother Aaron, who he's going to give him as his sidekick. I will teach you what to do. Well, then we fast forward on. Moses has accepted this challenge, this opportunity from God in chapter 6. Verse 1 of chapter 6 of Exodus. Then the Lord said to Moses, now that you're going to do what I've told you to do, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he's going to let them go. Because, his, because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. And so Moses, again, has this assurance from God. Okay, you go. Now that you've accepted it, watch what happens. And so he's going to have this success. He's going to have victory, surely, when he goes before Pharaoh. But most of you know the story. Chapter 7, verse 20. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded He raised his staff in the presence of Pharaoh and his officials, and he struck the water um, of the Nile, and all the water was changed into blood. So this plague was going to cause the victory of the Lord to break through and Moses to have success. In verse 22, Pharaoh's heart became hard, and he would not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. So Moses experiences frustration at this point, not only with himself, but with the situation, this door that's closed and he thought was going to be open. But then, just for time's sake, I'll just kind of skip over these, but then he went before Pharaoh and promised a plague of frogs and brought about a plague of frogs. Pharaoh was going to let him go, but then Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he said no. And he made Moses and Aaron leave, and once again, Moses frustrated. Then a plague of gnats came, but Moses was frustrated. He failed again. Then a plague of flies and a plague on the livestock, a plague of boils, a plague of hail plague of locusts in chapter 10, plague of darkness, and then in chapter 11 and 12, the plague of the firstborn, the Passover happened. And it seems like Moses is going to be frustrated again, but then God's victory breaks through. Pharaoh's heart was opened by God, and the people were let out. The doors of Egypt were literally open, just like the doors that I talked about going through. The doors of Egypt were open, and the people were allowed to pass through. And so Moses' frustration, finally he finds victory in the midst of that. But as life so happens, frustration doesn't end just with one victory. It can continue on. So look at chapter 14, verse 10. As Pharaoh approached the Israelites, or as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, And there were Egyptians marching after them. So they've escaped and everything's good. No, frustration again. All of a sudden, there's the Egyptian army with second thoughts chasing them. And they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, was it because um, there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? So all of a sudden, Moses and the people hit this frustration. We thought the doors were open, but now we are out of land. Now we're out of room to run. We've got nowhere else to go, and our backs are to the wall or to the sea. And so they're frustrated because they're lacking places to go. And then chapter um, 15, listen to what they're lacking and what they're frustrated about. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and went into the desert. And for three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. Water for three, without water in the desert for three days is a death sentence. And when they came to um, Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? And so all of a sudden now they have the frustration of lacking the supplies they need. He's frustrated. God, I got them out of here and now we don't have the water we need. 
As you know from um, reading this before, that God provided water to drink. He made the water there sweet and able to be um, for them to drink. But then chapter 16, frustrated again, the Israelites, verse 3 of 16, the Israelites, um, excuse me, verse 2, in the desert, the community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. So now they're frustrated, and I'm get, I bet Moses, as their leader, was frustrated because now we don't have food. So we run out of land to hide in. God fixed that. We've run out of water. God's fixed that. But now we've run out of food, and they're frustrated. But God, once again, provides for them bread from heaven and provides manna. And so they get through that. But then if you flip forward to Numbers, and this will be the last passage I read, but Numbers chapter 14, the frustration continued, this time with the people. And it kind of been the people all along, but chapter 14 of Numbers. In verse 1, it says, That night all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud, and all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said, If only we had died in Egypt or in the desert. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. How frustrating must that be where over and over again you're working with people and they're just letting you down and they're fighting against you. Moses got so mad at, at one point with the people that he got angry and he struck a rock when he wasn't supposed to. Just out of anger, he hit it. And that kept him from being able to enter into the promised land. Well, this, I could tell you about frustration from his life over and over again, but I want to look right now at just four quick things that apply to our lives. As we th think about those passages and kind of that life story we just looked at for a minute, what can we learn from that about his frustration and how God worked in that? First of all, like Moses, or first of all, actually write this at the top. When you face frustration, will you give up or will you press on? It's one of the most real questions every one of us, regardless if you are the saint that's been a believer for ages, there may be a point you get where you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you like, I just can't go on anymore. Will you give up or will you press on? So here we go. Like Moses, all of us will face the, first of all, the frustration of not measuring up. I can write that down. I know I've felt this before. Felt it a lot when I was younger. I still feel it today. Insecurities. But Moses... I think that we see in his life somebody who felt frustrated because he didn't measure up, especially when this task was given to lead the people out. He felt like he didn't measure up with his speech. He felt like he didn't measure up with his persuasiveness or his authority. I don't measure up with my leadership ability. I don't measure up compared to other people that could go and do this better than I could do it. I think a lot of us experience that same frustration. Some of you, it's, I don't feel like I measure up when it comes to schoolwork. I just don't feel like I'm smart enough. I'm frustrated because I don't feel like I have enough talent. I see all these other people with these talents, and I don't have anything that I could do like that. Or some people in your, your job, you're frustrated because you don't have the, the position that you want. You don't have maybe the abilities to get what you want in your, in your mind. Some of you, it's your looks. Maybe it's your, your height or your size, things like that. But all of us will experience what Moses felt but what's important is these three points that I put under here. 
what we see in the life of Moses, first of all, I want us to just know fully that in the midst of that frustration, first of all, that God can, can give you peace with who you are. Whatever it is about you that frustrates you, first of all, allow God to give you peace with who you are. Now, we're, we're, none of us are perfect, but God has made us shape and form and talents in different ways. And one of the most important things we could do, whatever that is, is to find satisfaction in that. That's one of the biggest things with our students, if I could just tell them, in your identity, find satisfaction with who you are. Because God has made you fearfully and wonderfully. And so God told Moses, yeah, you don't measure up with speech, but I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm there for you. Be okay that you don't speak well. Be okay that you're not the greatest leader yet. Find peace in that. But the second thing is that God and your frustration can provide for you where you fall short. It may be that, yeah, you fall short in certain ways and you're frustrated, but God then gives you the tools that you need to surpass what you thought you were doing. For Moses, it was a staff. It was a person who could speak better than he. Him? I don't know. Sorry, I don't know. Somebody tell me later. But speak better than he could. I think it's he. All right, and so for Moses, it was providing um, God's power along the way where you fall short in your frustration. Just know that I'm going to come in and I'm going to do the things that you can't do. And the third thing God shows us is that God, in your frustration, may grow you in the areas in which you lack, or he may grow in you the things that you're insecure about. I guarantee you at the end of Moses' story, he was a better leader than he was when he started. God grew in him through those opportunities. When I was younger, I couldn't sing. I really wanted to. I couldn't sing very well, but through doing that and through practice, God developed in me something that I used to be frustrated about. God may develop in you um, a, a mental ability that you didn't have before because you worked with him at it. He may develop you in speaking. I couldn't speak well. Like, I couldn't put together a sermon, but the more I did it and the more I trusted in God, he developed in me those gifts. So when you feel like you don't measure up, don't get so frustrated that you quit or that you say, well, this isn't for me. No, do like Moses did and, and, and just know that God will provide, can grow in you those things or give you satisfaction with where you are. He may never give you the ability to speak or sing and be okay with that. Listen to other people sing or sing loud and not care what other people think about your voice. But the second thing we see is that Moses experienced the frustration of failure. Over and over again, when he encountered Pharaoh, he failed. He thought he was going to have this breakthrough victory because God had told him he would, but he failed. Plague after plague after plague, and Pharaoh said no. And what we learn from this is a lot like the doors that I shared with you at the beginning. The thing we learn in this life is that in that frustration, perhaps God wants you to press on to fight and to grow through pressing on. Kind of like door number two at five points when I wanted that hamburger and I pushed on the door and it wasn't open and I just need to push harder. And then breakthrough came. Some of you, maybe it's that thing that you want ahead. Don't quit. Push through. Perhaps it's that God in your frustration wants you to learn from it, to grow from the trial. But then others of you, perhaps God has something better in mind. Perhaps that door that you went to, it's like me going to the doctor's office and perhaps he doesn't want you to go through that door. Your frustration is actually an opportunity for you to go somewhere else. When I was in seminary, I thought I was going to get a job at Hunter Street Baptist as a children's ministry. I didn't want to be a children's minister. I can't stay. I'm just kidding. I didn't want to be a children's minister, but I thought it was a great opportunity. God closed that door, and I was frustrated, but God knew where I needed to be with youth 
And so that's the case in life, is that uh, Moses, as he faced that failure, God didn't want him to give up. He wanted him to press through. Other times, he may have something better in mind. And then the third thing on the next side of the page is perhaps your failure comes about through sinful choices. Now, this is more of the people. They failed and they faced frustration because of getting into the promised land because they were making sinful choices. But perhaps just like me at door number three, instead of pulling, I needed to push. Perhaps people are facing frustration because they're hanging out with the wrong people and they need to go hang out with other people. Or perhaps they're um, facing this frustration because they're taking things into their body that they shouldn't. And they're like, why do I keep failing? And it's because you need to push instead of pulling. You need to try something different. That frustration may be that sign. So pray about those things to see why you may be failing. The third thing, though, frustration of lacking resources. And I'll do this quickly for time's sake, but sometimes we face frustration because I don't have the things that I want. I'm frustrated because my family doesn't have the things that we need. Working with um, students, especially here in Montgomery in the inner city, there's a lot of people who are doing everything they can, who are working so hard to provide for their children, and it seems like they can't get ahead. And they're frustrated because of lacking resources. Moses faced that frustration. He lacked, at times, food, water, places to run. They felt like we're not big enough to fight against these armies. We don't have those resources that we need. But God showed him these three things. First of all, to find satisfaction in what you do have. You may feel like I don't have as much as other people. I may feel like um, I don't have all that I want or need. And sometimes the biggest lesson is like Moses and the the people of God with the, the manna that fell from heaven. Yeah, it may not be a steak dinner, but yeah, you still have food to get you to the next day. Your frustration may lead you to say, God, thank you for what I do have instead of focusing on what I don't, don't have. That frustration should lead us to pray for and trust in his provision. Maybe he wants you to have that steak dinner and you're eating um, manna right now and you're drinking water from a rock. Maybe he wants you to have that um, fancy drink and that steak, but you need to pray for it and ask him and seek him. He likes to give good gifts to his followers. So find satisfaction, then pray for the, for the things that you don't have. But then here's one reality. Cling to the hope of heaven, because it is so true that there are believers who trusted God and have died of starvation. There's believers who have trusted God and have been hung from the gallows. There's believers who have trusted God and have had thousands of people pray for them, and their life has ended in the sickness. But that's what we see, though, is that we can cling to the hope of heaven, In the midst of that frustration of lacking the resources we need, the things that we need, we can say, God, even if I don't have these things, even if it leads to my death, I know that eventually I'm going to have resources that never end. I'm going to have resources in heaven that don't compare to here on earth. I'm going to have the resource of time, the resource of perfection, the resources of a lack of pain, the lack of need of money, because we have that eternal hope. And then the last thing, we have oftentimes frustration with others. This is very common. Moses faced this with his people that he had led so well, and they kept on letting him down. They kept fighting against him. And what we learn from his life is, first of all, in those moments of frustration, don't lash out in anger and respond sinfully. I didn't have time to look at that passage, but I told you at one point Moses got mad and he hit a rock. Sometimes frustration like that that leads to anger can have long 
lasting consequences. He could not enter into the promised land, but maybe you're lashing out in anger because of your frustration with people is something you post on the internet that never goes away. Or maybe it's something you say out of frustration that breaks up a friendship or breaks up a family. So don't lash out in anger, respond sinfully, but do seek patience and forgiveness. In Numbers chapter 14, if you look at that another time, there was a lot of frustration. God was frustrated with people, but Moses, instead of lashing out in anger, he prayed for them and said, God, spare them. Show your grace to them. Our frustration should lead us to pray for those who are hurting us, to pray for that coworker that's just getting on our last nerve that makes us want to quit or quit being nice to them. Students, that person that you just feel like, I wish they would just act normal. Sometimes you just need to pray that God will give you patience and grace because you're annoying too. You got your own annoying issues and just like you need grace from other people, give them that grace. And the last thing, when that frustration with others, do know when to just walk away. This is from Matthew chapter 10, verse 14. I believe that's where Jesus tells people to be willing to wipe the dust off your feet. There's some people you need to just, instead of getting mad, instead of starting a fight, or instead of just quitting, you need to know how to wipe the dust off your feet. Now, that is, that's not technically quitting. That's knowing how to walk away gracefully. There's somebody that you just need to say, i got to find a different way to handle this relationship. And that's what I wanted to share with you all tonight, is that frustration is going to come, but God's Word gives us so many better ways to deal with that. So let's go God's way. Let's go trust in Him and be people of grace and patience and keep moving forward instead of quitting. Bow your heads as Ed and Jenny come up to lead us. Let's pray with me. Lord, we thank You for being a God who is faithful a God who is trustworthy, a God who is there and filled with grace, even when we're not perfect, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you'll give us that same grace towards other people when they frustrate us. Lord, give us that same peace and that same, um, give us your confidence to move forward. Give us your strength to push forward when doors are closed and they need to be open. Lord, give us the um, patience and the peace when that door wasn't right. In all things, let us seek you, seek your power, seek your guidance and move forward. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.